0: At Utility Muffin Labs, we are dedicated to accommodating our consumer clients with uncontrived, austere, generalized, and adequate snack-based comestible muffin provisions for your cafeteria or common staff member gathering areas. We refrain from overt decorative adornment that can foment jobholder chaos and sedition. A saccharin workforce is a productive workforce. Procure your necessary muffin repository by visiting us at utilitymuffinlabs.com, on Facebook at Utility Muffin Labs, on Twitter at 25 Years of VTM, or utility muffins all one word on instagram at utility muffin labs one word support the labs on patreon at patreon.com slash 25 years of vampire the masquerade and finally adorn your human form with our t-shirts at tpublic.com slash users slash utility muffin labs utility muffin labs think homogenous This is 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective podcast brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. My name is Nathan. My name is Bob, and how today, you do? Today, 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 we're going to review, we're going to review the Torador clan book for you. The it's Torador, revised. That's my singing voice, book. by the way. I'm really sorry I subjected all of you to that. It's just not right. Um, so, what's different from the old clan book to the new clan book? So, to get straight and fang on here, uh,
1: what well, we could say, old to new, again, clarity. Clarity of vision, clarity of focus. Um, they get historical in this. What I mean by historical, not necessarily accuracy, although some of that is in there a little bit. But this is a work of fiction. But what the authors do very well is that they make it a conversation, right, from from an elder to a child, and they do it very, uh, very modern. It gives you a modern for when this book was made. It gives you a feel of uh, pop that they're with it, right? And so the point of it is, is that they kind of go through events with a particular attention to mortals and how the Torador clan has always been where the mortals are. Right. That, that is their point. Right. And, they, and they hammer that home. And I don't want to go through it only because, first one, we we did we,
0: right. did we due we, diligence we've with it. We've reviewed Torador clan book, the original one. We've talked about Torador till we're blue in the face. I mean, the Torador or the Torador, right? But this is going to give you a little bit more flavor for that clan.
1: The other good thing about it is that I uh, I enjoy that, with historical reference and attention, there's one point that they kind of go over, and that's uh, slavery. Now, what's interesting is every clan book kind of glazes over it, right? And mention it's gone, except for Clan Bruja. Clan Bruja kind of gives you an idea what they thought about that was the revolt. Right. That's what they fucking thought about it. Shit's gonna happen now. You done fucked up. A-A-Ron, right? <laughs> that's, that's what they do. But the Tortor are like, we don't understand. Like, they insult everyone. They go so far as to say... For some reason, at some point in history, we decided everything in Africa was ours. Right. And the whole world came to do it. And it, was, and it wasn't a thing, right? And then they went about so in depth to say, we believe in ghouling, right? And there's some tortors who said, what's the difference between ghouling someone and having slaves? And the majority of the tortor clan says, oh, every bit of fucking difference. Because, you know, ghouling one or two loyal individuals who want to serve you. And you wish to keep around for aesthetic right. reasons, even if you want to be a cruel person, and a right. tyrant, and you want to keep five or six because they're going to be yours. That's not an entire race of people. Right. And then they go so far, as say, the Indians, the Africans, uh, uh, the Spanish, everybody that they mentioned that era that had a turn of being slaves or were a part of it. They go, we teach you who the victims are and to feel sorry. And to go, oh, man, and to feel like shit. What we don't teach you is who are the assholes that did it? You ever notice that? Right. You crack a history book, it doesn't mention who did it. They only mention what happened. And then they say it's a collective we. And it goes so far as to say, what are we, idiots? And to me, that's proof, right? That's proof in the pudding that Tortor Clan is absolutely where the mortals are at. To me, the writers blended. That opinion is very humane by by any stretch of the imagination, right? But it's also duality, isn't it? At the same time, it says, we get it, but you shouldn't have. Now... Collectively, there's a there's a thing that also strikes me as a uh, pretty profound. When slavery was monetary, that's the era of Rome. Mm-hmm. You know, they had slaves up and down, right? That's just
0: just what they did, right? Hell, the Greeks had slaves. You know, Sparta had slave. I mean, it's well, and when you think about it too, from the perspective of a vampire, I mean, once you're a vampire, you know, you kind of touched on this earlier in your in your statement, but um, the concept of slavery is a little bit different, right? Yeah. Because you're are they your slaves or are they your food you know if you if you had a farm and you raised cattle would you call those cows your slaves and that's where that line is right right because that very line is very inhumane
1: it's singing how it is right mm-hmm. and and they don't address what happened in rome why the mortals did it right you see how it is but then you're like wait 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 bob slavery as we know it in the modern mortals did that too well to the Torter clan it's different -hmm. Slaves in Rome were done in mass everywhere you flipped around because what were you gonna do with the people you conquered that were right there? Right. See, the people in Rome didn't leave. Let me rephrase this. The area that was Rome, the people they conquered, they gave opportunities to do something with themselves, right? The ends of it. Right. And that's a very messy statement, but they did in a way, and it was a shitty situation. Slaves from Africa were just stolen. (laughs) Right? Right? They went up there and someone said, sure, give us money for it now, and then we left with boats and they disappeared. And you can go in and out of it, right? With it, right. but it's the perspective of humanity, <sighs> Sorry. that this comes from. And I feel that that section highlighted it. It's like she stopped the brakes to go. We will not glaze over this point. There is a difference, and there's a decorum to how you do your ghouling. right? That's why I started. I didn't start it originally just to be about slaves. It was to get to that point, right? Despite all that hoop, ho- 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 baloo, it came down to there was a way to go and a way not to go. right? Don't be a motherfucker. <laughs> that's the, that's what it states right fair enough fair enough so and then we roll into what i think is the important thing about revised if you've read the first ed it's a joy to go through the perspective of this elder talking to her child or talking to her descendant because it's not her child they think her great grandchild but point is cool cool read well set up don't want to ruin it except for that nugget cool insights are there you would have to read this if you want to portray it toward her just to get an idea of how history is spoken of, or how things are spoken of—certain things and other things you don't speak of, right? Just like high society, right? However, when we get to the section about the aesthetic unvi- unveiled, they have a quote here from uh, Brett Easton Ellis from American Psycho. Yeah. Right? Yeah,
0: Brett Easton Ellis is the author of American Psycho and a bunch of other really good books.
1: And I love this quote. It says uh, she's barely gained consciousness, and when she sees me standing over her naked. I can imagine that my virtual absence of humanity fills her with mind-bending horror. Now, you and I both read the book. Uh-huh. We've also seen the movie a gang of times. Right. My predilection <clears throat> to not want to repeat shit does not apply to American Psycho. <laughs> because having read the book, I feel fi- I feel the movie does justice if you read the book.
0: If you just seen the movie you're missing something. Right. The <laughs> the movie definitely um focuses more on the absurdity of this this uh the story and the book is chock full of absolutely horrific shit.
1: But what that quote does <clears throat> is it
0: wakes the mind up, right?
1: That's how it hit me. I was reading this in a new chapter. Okay, it's still torn, and they're like American Psycho quote, and they're like strapping a feedback We're vampires. <laughs>
0: right. Let's get into this. <laughs> right.
1: And it's like, oh, it's badass, right? And for the most part, I mean, when you get to this, brilliantly, it's done. It dives into, yeah, you're embraced now, and here's what it, yeah, you're right, that's there. But here's what it means to be a vampire. People, they talk about the beast. And what always uh, shocked me about it when they're mentioning the beast is the fact that um they do it poetically, right? But they don't do it poetically. Like, you want to say that Torto's in a wax and Wayne and him and Haw about being what they're supposed to be, right? Right. Um. She goes on to say, being a vampire, she goes, uh, you are what, a poet? Yes, I can tell. Don't be embarrassed by your transparency. The first time you come out of Frenzy and realize you're grunting and rubbing some unidentified but blood-rich organ against your self-hardening nipples, then you can be embarrassed. And you think, oh, they're just being gaudy. Mm. When you read the rest of it, though, and go through it, she's actually setting an example, um, just stating that, uh, okay, cool. You're, you're nice and you're refined and everything else. And in your nice, awesome, amazing, whatever dress of the modern, you're stellar. You look beautiful. Wait till you're hungry. That's what it means to be a vampire is that it's, it's, it's duality. And she drives this home by stating that point And then adding the fact that, well, how do you contend with it? Some people will tell you to be logical about it and you're going to will yourself not to uh, don't frenzy. Don't listen to your beast, chastise it, keep it locked up, whatever. Well, intellectually, that's great. And that's going to happen, but then you're starving your darker nature. And what's going to happen is eventually you're going to frenzy. And then all of those good morals and ideas of not being a beast are going to wash away like a stick in a deluge. It's just going to happen. And so what's the answer? So conversely, you can give in to your darker impulses. You know, you can do it so much to where feeding is no longer something shocking. It just is. You're going to do it and it's done, but then you're going to seek the high. You're going right. to see the greater
0: enjoyment, right? And then you will be a beast, right? Because because a large part of the the Torador clan is like uh, focusing and dwelling on those like human excesses, right? I mean, that's that's for a lot of art artist communities. It's you know you know like l- l- how far can we take this before it becomes problematic? Well, imagine if you have that for you know a couple hundred years or a couple of decades or the very nature of your existence relies upon you to love quote love <laughs> human beings and and help to have them prosper and grow these communities but also you have to feed upon that those communities as well like you become in the richest sense of the word a leech you're creating things so that you can feed off of those things to survive and yeah the the Torridor clan to me they are they're awesome and they're one of the clans that's obviously the most, like, overlooked. Like, ah, they're just the Torador. You know, they're whatever. You know, and and we've seen them played in a number of different forms and fashions. and But they're also, like, as far as the personal horror is concerned, I feel like there's a great deal of potential, even more so than some of the darker, like, overtly darker clans. Because it is a duality. It is the kindness of humanity, but it is also at the end of the day feeding off of that humanity to maintain yourself. It's wearing the smile very much like American psycho is a great uh, correlation to draw there because you can talk about the character, the main character and his mask of civility that he wears. And then in the dark, there's all this horrifying shit that goes on, you know, that, for me, like, I'm a fan of horror. There were parts where I was like, I don't know if I want to read this. You know, not to review American Psycho, but to draw that conclusion, I don't think it's outlandish at all. Well, it's funny, because uh, you set yourself up to a passage I'm going to have you read. hmm And uh, over on page 47, under Being Human. To be plain, humanity is not perfect. Mythical Cain was human before he was cursed. Human when he invented a nasty new way to sin. Humans invented torture, genocide, and bland phrases like ethnic cleansing to conceal their perversion. The beast craves destruction, annihilation, entropy. But our humanity craves stimulation, aggrandizement, the satisfaction of self-demands. This can be good or bad depending on a great many variables. But in the larger scheme of things, it does not matter if it is objectively right or wrong. It is necessary. Artists are told to obey your muse or follow your bliss, always by those who assume that our muse of bliss leads us inevitably to fragrant meadows and not some den of morbid self abasement. But how many artists are pure? Coleridge, the laudanum addict, the incestuous Mr. Shelley, Sappho, the lesbian, Holy David, the psalmist, the philanderer, Ginsburg, Whitman, Desade, Baudelaire. Deviance to a man. That's merely within your discipline. In painting, we have our share of sadists and drunkards and drug addicts, and the annals of music are rife with pederasts, perverts, and fetishists. To be human is to be a contradiction, angel and animal tied in one flesh. We long to be part of the tribe, so we agree that those who are different are bad, naughty, sick, twisted, impure, damned. But at the same time, our pride demands that we be individuals. The desires, are the foundation for art by giving us the different perspective that allows us to see something old as if it's new, to understand it in another way, to take us back to the wonder of our first perceptions. Listen to your urges, Neonate. Your leftover human lusts can strengthen you against the beast no matter how degraded they may seem to you. Most mortals limit their humanity to what is acceptable. That is a luxury we cannot afford either as artists or as monsters. Let me give you a metaphor. I knew a mortal. I'll
1: call her Polly, though her name is unimportant. Polly liked uh, nothing so much as being fucked by a vampire who was drinking her blood. Among those warm kind who've learned the pleasures of the kiss, this conjunction is not altogether uncommon. Polly took it farther. She liked being drained past the point of ecstasy, past the point of safety, right to the edge of unconsciousness. Like those who practice erotic asphyxiation, Polly found that as her brain became blood-starved, her body's sensations became lengthened and intensified. She had hallucinations, ecstasies, incoherent experiences that drew her back to the same dangerous practice. She told me it was like being a molecule at the mingling point where God and the devil made love. Sounds like a fellow poet, no? Unable to separate the experience from the pretense of being known for it. The point of this story is that we, like Polly play a dangerous game, and must strike a dangerous balance.
0: Like her, we are on the cusp of life-holding and life-taking. Like her, we must play our urges against one another, and like her, most of us lose control sooner or later and wind up dead. In the best cases, these dead souls cease movement. In the worst, they proceed onward to share their condition with
1: others. This, to me, mm-hmm. and I don't know if to you, but to me, that's all you needed to read in this clan book if you wanted to know how to play a torador? The whole thing is good, right? Especially if you want to know the culture and being a torador. But that right there gives you an idea of what the vampire has to struggle with as a template, right? Right. Period. And that's that's the humanity balancing act of it. And I enjoy the analogy and character that they give there to kind of drive it home, you know. And it's also a lot of a lot of meat there. I mean, the fact that she mentions this this girl named Polly, and it is a female telling the story, even, right? So it could be as uh, as saucy as you wanted to be, but at the end of the day, it's not at all. The point wasn't her having sex. The point was her pushing boundaries, right? And how far does she go before it takes her own life? And is she wrong to do so, or is that the source? Was that the source that refueled Polly every day? Right. You know, was playing with that dangerous edge, and that's what it is to be a vampire. And so, to me, that's everything that that clan is about in terms of vampire wise, vampirically. And then um, discovering I, it.
0: I also feel like if you look inside these uh these character concepts, um, you know, we're we're nearing the end of the book. I feel like it gives you a really good perspective on like how vastly different the Tordor clan can be from part A to Part B. You know what I mean? Like from spec from both sides of the spectrum. Like there when you open this up, you're gonna have the folk artist, right? everybody knows a folk artist, and then just a couple of pages in you're gonna see the slavering madness of the pack priest right, <laughs> right right and and it's like the this clan embraced both of those people, yes, because this this is our art, however good or bad we are at it, this is our passion that we pursue that we follow and This is very different than someone who sits down at a piano and like works out a symphony. It's different, but it's the same. It's seeing how deeply we can take this art, how much we can do. And like for me as a person, as a human being, I definitely believe in like the let's try to keep this less homogenized. Let's let's take this and see where it goes. But I don't want it to become a formulaic thing because then to me, it's no longer an art. I think the clan was deliberately made to where it wasn't sensational. Right.
1: Right to read initially. Right. It was made to be stored potential for for that sensation. Meaning, I'm going to be a Torador. I'm going to be an artist. And that's everybody's thought at playing a Torador. But then, what is my art form? And that does matter to the character. Right. But it doesn't matter at that point of conception. No. What matters is is where you're going to take that
0: to. Right. Here's another thing too. And this is the thing that always fucked with me about clan Torador. And I use that word fucked with me with such emphasis because (laughs) to me this clan is just a little crazy right they're not quite over the edge but they're just a little crazy and you have to be but think about it like this you're a character you're a person a human being we'll use it for instance i'm just a guy and like occasionally i like to sketch or occasionally i like to build things out of clay whatever you know I'm, i'm a hobbyist but someone some crazy tordor saw that and was like, there's something in that that I can't... It's just, if I had that person, if I had their spirit, I could just... Mm, I could mold it into greatness. Like, I can see they're just on the verge. They're just on the cusp of greatness. And I just can't stop but focus on everything that they do. And if they just need a little push. And I could help them. I could turn them into greatness. Maybe if they had an extra 50 or 60 years to work on that craft we could we could maybe we could do it together maybe i could get a little taste of what they have that they just need help developing and boom now you have a torador now you have two torador and you have one guy who's like shit i just worked part time at the 711 and i built little toys out of clay and now i have this crazy person who's at my window every fucking night and i don't know what they want from me like, right. I have no, you know, right. so it's like it's not even just the character itself that you're creating or this clan book or the terrible world that you're being drawn into. You could end up there as of no fault of your own. You're a goddamn hobbyist and some other person sees something in you you don't even see. And they're pushing you and pushing you and pushing you. And it's just not getting any better. And you're talking from the victim's perspective of being selected. Right. Because that torture perspective that
1: they get into as well, because that's something what you just said isn't in the book. Right. Over what it would be to be selected. That's not there. Right. It is to be the selector. And they talk about how torture to combat their humanity, not even that. Don't even look at it as combating humanity. You are with humanity. And they see it as a very beautiful thing to have a a family to come home to every night. Right. And then have a honey I love you and have a daughter and kids you put to bed and right. cook dinner for them, really you have someone else, but you can cook dinner for them and you say hi to your partner call you mom and you have a husband that you, uh, you put to bed or a wife that you put to bed and that's on you, right. however you build your life, but inevitably as sweet as you are, as calm as it keeps you, you're going to frenzy, going to miss a kid or two, <laughs> right? It's bound to happen right? because cause teenagers act out, kids say some shit they shouldn't or worse, they all obsessively wait to see what you do that evening, right? Imagine the horror of having straight-A perfect kids and a a husband or wife who doesn't fuck up once. No sick days to stay home. No, I'm staying out late to cause suspicion and drama. You are their all. And oh, how that would suck getting everything you wanted out of someone. Anyone listening? If you've never been in a situation where somebody gives you absolutely everything you've ever wanted, right? Parents talk about it. You spoil a kid if you do that. It's not only that you spoil them, you're boring them. You force them to think of other things to entertain themselves with other than what you're doing. You're setting yourself up. Same thing with the Torador. And then they said, or even worse, and this is the goal of all who do this, you do find that perfect family that treats you normal, that yell at mom, Mm -hmm. dad has fights with you, dad cheats on you, and oh, how delicious that must be. But then, 60 years go by, you didn't change. They're dying, right. You're outliving them, and the tragedy that that brings into you and and, and a comment just rather blase to say, "Oh, uh, yeah, well, you know there's a lot of vampires you just go missing, never hear from them again, right. I have to imagine that's because a lot of them just walked into the sun to join their loved ones. <laughs> it makes sense, it's what right. you do, but but, but don't be one, and then it, and then it moves on through it, and I'm like that's that's horror, right that's that's tragedy right there in a nutshell, I and mean, it's good. And then the other comment, because you sparked this, when I I know I pointed at you excitedly, mm-hmm. but I want to interrupt you. But uh, hey, Bob points at me excitedly. <laughs> so, uh, Hannibal, uh-huh. the TV show. Yep. The character Hannibal Lecter, if he was a vampire, makes that not so bad, <laughs>
0: right? You know, and if he's he's a torador, right. if there was anyone I could state of a TV show who would have been embraced, would have been his ass. Well, and that's 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 definitely like a perspective that like. Um, like there's a certain humanity to the character, whether it's for pretend or for real, right, and then there's a certain darkness to him as well. i always here's a little secret of mine. I've always wanted to be a wrestling heel right i've always <laughs> wanted to be I've always wanted to be a pro wrestling heel, like a manager, you know someone who just i just come out and I just piss everybody off and on more than one occasion, Clan Torridor has allowed me to fulfill those dreams, right? To just come out and just be so caustic. Everyone fucking hates me, but they can't do anything about it, right? It's not, there's no crime, there's no law against just being a fucking asshole of just generating heat, right? And to me, that's that's another aspect of this clan. Like, people that l- that know style, that know clothing, that know how you should comport yourself, how you should stand, where you should do it. And those that don't, they hate them, right? They hate that individual because to them, it's not that big of a deal. And that character exists for two purposes. One, because it's very important that tradition be upheld, right? That we know in the clicky nature of vampires where we should belong. But... It's also there because not only is that character curing boredom for himself, right? He's challenging himself every night to make sure that he's always, the suit is always pressed or the dress is always on properly, but also he's there because there's old fucks. There's really old fucks who are watching and going, (laughs) that noise alone, just that little chuckle, that's enough. It's like you're a juggler. You really are for the elders. You're just juggling, juggling, juggling. But the elders, those that have lived hundreds and hundreds of years, they go, I go to Elysium because the blah, 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 Torador guy, he's very funny. So in
1: here where you know, you're know you highlighting beautifully um, saves time, because uh, the book that I, I didn't want to end this without mentioning that culture and mm-hmm. what you just did, did it beautifully. Is understanding that that's not only the neonate and elder perspective, that's how you play a Torridor. You are responsible to hold up the society trends and culture of not just mortals, vampiric right. society. Right. And the moment you let that degrade, and it does. By the way, it doesn't matter if you're Sabbat or Camarilla, no, or even Anarch. Your clan is still looked at as the vampire. If you take any clan that fits any modern perspective of what a vampire is, with the exception of the strain and John Carpenter's vampires films, <laughs> where they're just blatant, yeah, right. the romanticized vampire that made it such a hit and so successful, it's clan Torador. Right. It's absolutely clan Torridor, and I don't care who you are because it's the one that we most closely relate to.
0: I care who you are, but also Bob's right.
1: And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh so the and the other twist of that where they hammer it home is the uh when they talk about the curse of well the, the Kane's curse to the clan. Right? They that all the way back to the beginning when I remember reading and I was laughing my ass off because if you had to think of weaknesses all the other clans have a definite curse right it, it's absolutely bad Tordor when you see something you really like it
0: yeah right I you mean get, that's, you to stare steady it. is it a curse like ah oh man somebody could run up behind you and whack you in the back of the head with a sap I mean I've been there
1: I played Tordor once right with a uh, with with that flaw that was addicted to porn <laughs> right? right got in trouble for it uh, because he was a photographer he shot for it he went that far he's also a stalker there's his dark side. And he would just get enraptured with staring at the female body and males. And then inevitably, it dawned on him that what he really enjoyed was shapes. Sculpted clay, right? Mm-hmm. That's where it evolves to. And I kept thinking back to that whole thing. Like, why do i like, why is it a flaw in my sheet? It's motivating me to would, find it, things to make into yeah. something cool.
0: I would say um, from all the, the potential flaws, the drawbacks of being a character or uh, of uh, playing a vampire clan, of all the drawbacks, I think the torridors is the least mm, give a shit. Like it's, right. it's yeah, it's like oh my god, that thing's really beautiful, so I really want to look at it. No shit. And and they Sorry, Sorry White Wolf. I, <laughs> right. You there may be a message, a hidden meaning there somewhere. I think there is. I, I do too.
1: To be honest, I think I think it's there for you to portray the vampire's classic weakness, mm-hmm. right? classically a vampire can't uh, look at beads right right it was throw beads a race right, on the right they're obsessed with doing it they made a romantic spin to it
0: mm-hmm. is what they did right and i think they did that beautifully i just feel like when when kane when levied his curses if kane levied his curses he was like Bruha, you'll be unbridled rage Someone will say something very small, and at the drop of a hat, you're going to put your head through a wall. bruja, you're bipolar, yep, yep, bruja, you're crazy, and uh Ventru, you can only feed on your preferred blood type. there's all you're in a you're in an ocean of saltwater bitch. Try drinking the water and uh <laughs> and uh uh asomites, you you'll get darker. Is uh, I mean that that one's kind of whatever, but you'll you'll get you'll turn black. I can but, see the future. You're getting cursed three times. Strap on. Right. Fuck it. We're gonna Move we're gonna on. let you. We're gonna keep it easy. Everyone's gonna know who you are. Uh, torador. It's like art, you know. If it's like really pretty, you just really want to look at it. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we're gonna. Yeah, yeah. No, you guys are fine. You're gonna probably want to run out of town though. Right, right. I ran
1: out of creativity with you. Right, so you know. Right.
0: Well, also, I mean, like, you guys ain't really done much terrible. So like during that whole like. <laughs> strike down my children, try to eat them shit. Um, I we, think, y'all yeah. were in the back, and you yeah, opened the right. door, but you thought it was a party, right. so we're going to blame yeah, you. No. I mean, what are you going to do?
1: I mean, this Clan Torridor, to go with that Riffin, mm-hmm. um, dude, I love getting to the Asimites in their opinion, and where she goes, like, stop the press, first thing and foremost, we remember what they did to Mozart, and we will never forgive
0: them. <laughs> it's like, n- what? I, had a, I, keep, I keep going right. back and looking at that, like, what the fuck? So, so, um, (laughs) we kind of just like threw our heads right in and, uh, I kind of wanted to start with a question that we got that I think is important that kind of touches on this podcast. I see what you did there. It's weird that we're doing it like more towards the end. So here's a question that was thrown to us and I feel like this is a good, good enough time to answer that question. It says, dear Bob and Nate, I discovered your podcast over the summer and have spent the last couple of months catching up with your reviews on my way to work. I really enjoyed your podcast, and I feel like I have a better understanding of the game thanks to your insights and experience. Thanks to you guys, I'm looking into running a Vampire the Masquerade game again in the future, which is awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. And good luck to you. My question is, which clan books do you feel are absolutely necessary for players to read before playing that clan? Keep in mind that player experiences are always enhanced by reading the clan books. But some clans are easy to play based on the flash pages from the core rule book, while others need a more in-depth perspective. On the same note, which clans would they be fine reading the second edition book for, and which do you think need both? I look forward to hearing your response. So basically, and that's Marcelo from Massachusetts, thank you. So basically the question is, which clans do you think would be playable or would be easy enough to play without reading the clan books? And which clans do you think are inherently, like, you you really need to read the clan books to to understand? So what I would say is,
1: I'm going to give you two answers. First, I'm going to give you the corporate answer. I am not a representative of White Wolf, but I'd like to think they have a business sense, and they did it from this perspective. The Flash pages, as you describe them, those are designed for a neonate's perspective. Anybody can play the clan out of those, but only so far, meaning they're not going to be in-depth. They're not going to have the culture down a hundred percent. They're going to earn a lot of mistakes, but they're going to be given leeway to make those mistakes because they're only relying on the flash pages. Those are the people who should not be given anything more than the base character points out of the book to make a base character because that's the whole point of the main book is to have a starter perspective and learn as you go. So anyone can. However, the clan books themselves are not just there for a deeper dive. Somebody wants to play an elder. Somebody wants to portray all that is, like today, Clan Torador, all that is Tordor. they need to read that book because they need to grasp the nuances, understand what they're doing, and be able to bring in something unique and cool about their clan filtered through their character to the table to enhance your game. That's their job. Can they get away with just the base book? Certainly. Do the clan book? It's always going to be better roleplay for the person from the clan book because they're going to have confidence in what they're roleplaying at that point too. Now, to, that's the corporate answer. The Bob answer is, you first have to decide as a storyteller what you are comfortable um, helping somebody understand what they're playing. That's crucial. Storyteller's number one job is to help paint the perspective of the character somebody is playing as the storyteller sees it as the world's going to treat them. And if you can't do that, then that's what you got to work out with that player. Either that player is too sensitive and can't handle what they thought they could, or you know, maybe you're being too aggressive, but that's that's something that'll come that'll come out with time. That's just growing pains of starting it and doing a game. What I will tell you though, if you, the storyteller, do not seem like you understand the clans you're allowing them to play, you're going to lose your players. And you're gonna lose your want to do it. Because you're just gonna you're just gonna be stumbling way too much to hold interest. So I say I can give you my perspective on what I started with. I did Bruha, Asimite, Torador, uh, and it was Nosferatu. Of those mentioned, I should have done Ventru, mm-hmm. And only Ventrue. because That seems to blow mind here, because what, did I, what I mentioned, number two was Asimite, right? I didn't fucking know that clan. Right. I read it out of a book and was like, you're ninja assassins with fangs. Right. Wrong. And, you know, the player played it accordingly. I didn't know. And I felt stupid, and I was embarrassed, especially when I read the clan book myself, and was like, oh my god. Well, because of that embarrassment, I read all the clan books and decided what I had. Why I said Ventrue, Ventrue clan is pretty salient. Of all of them, they're the calmer to play because of the, st- the strict discipline it takes to play a Ventrue. And also, they're not too bad to portray as a player because they're not about, uh, the moral degradation is shown on high before low. Right. And there's there's a bit of doting that goes on with it too. Mm-hmm. So you you're very easy to play someone to come over as a venture and tell someone what they can and can't do and it's expected in that clan. But that's my personal perspective.
0: Yeah. So I would say um I'll give you uh just a couple of darts to the dartboard as far as like you as a player what you could get away with without reading the clan book. Um and this is all subject to the game you're playing in and the storyteller that's running the game, of course. But so I would say for a lot of us, we benefited from playing in a game that was set in Chicago. And that's because the Chicago Ventru, where Bob had mentioned, I was piggybacking off of that. Bob had mentioned the Ventru, and the Ventru in Chicago, they do what the fuck they want, right? That 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 seems to be there's one guy. Who embraced that brood and they do what the fuck they want, right? So if if a venture's gonna come to you and go, What is your dignitas? You could be like, Yeah, I was embraced by a load, and you can go eat a dick, and or insert sexual <laughs> <Right>. organ here. <laughs> I'll do what I want. Me at when I played, I played a Bruja, I played a Torador, uh, I played a Malcavian, um, I played a gangrel. And um, I think then I was like, let's dip my toe in the water of Ventro. And so we'll say the majority of the Camarilla clans, you really, you, you don't need to read the clan book to play them, but it will certainly enhance your play. Now, you get into like Clan Asimite, you get into the Lasambra, <clears throat> you get into the Tremere especially Tremere. Tremere, I think, is the most, requires the most reading to play in a Camarola game, and you will benefit the most from reading it and, understand, and understanding it. To me, I think that just reading the splash page in one of the main books, there's no way they can give you enough information about that clan, because that clan is like joining a club that has tiers, and you need a key to get through every door, and they don't tell you you even need keys before you you join the club, right? So for me, that's the, the Tremere, definitely read the Clan book. I just thought something.
1: Lightning hit the brain. And uh, here's something that answers your question completely. If you wanted a uh, neutral, duh, response, Torador, Ventru, Gangrel. All three uphold the tropes of what it is to be a vampire in the classical sense. Right. And where it comes from, right? Gangrel have the animalistic frenzy and whatnot, but the understanding of the beast and command of animals. Right. The Ventrue have the domination of will. And the the structure of owning a city and owning the mortals from afar. Yeah, for sure. The Tortor, romance, right? The easy seduction of people they talk to. Those are all three what vampires are known for powerfully and whatnot. Right. And granted, you don't have the supernatural strength and what have you, but you do have the speed, you do have the resilience, and that is more than enough. Right. I don't include Bruja in it because Frenzy is really not any vampire can Frenzy, and they're all going to be pretty, pretty kosher, but the Bruja have a different perspective, but... It depends on the audience, but those three clans I mentioned, those
0: ones would be easier to understand from the ground up. Right. Bruja is uh, fundamentally, if you can wrap your brain around the concept of rebellion and and uh, bucking the system, you can get behind Bruja, right? Visionaries. There's, there's no one that's going to tell you right or wrong about how you're playing a Bruja, unless it's a Bruja telling you you're doing it wrong. <laughs> um, and then... With the Ventru, if you can understand the concept of leadership, of leading by example, of making decisions because no one else is capable of doing it, you can get behind Ventru, right? The players, I think as a storyteller, the players are the ones that kind of like create, you know, little pockets of like, oh, you're not doing this right. Okay, that's fine. But if you can portray leadership, if you can portray an upright standard of morality, the Ventru Clan is going to go well. You know he doesn't know the specifics, but fuck it, we'll indoctrinate him. That's fine.
1: And, and you're thinking in your head right now. Well, you can play a Venture Rebel, can you? I think a Venture Rebel would actually have be very structured and organized in their rebellion. Right. They're not oh, just yeah, going to rebel to rebel. They're going <laughs> to be like fuck the clan. But I'm now going to sell drugs and run and right. run guns. But I'm also going to uh, develop my own way
0: of being. But it's going to be the right way. Right. Uh, I think um, once you start once you start making a Nosferatu. There's something natural. There's something holistic about the Nasratu clan. The moment you have to live in a sewer, the clan book is not super important. The Nasratu will find you and they'll, you'll, you'll understand right away. So I don't think they're necessary to play, uh, to read the clan book. Um, but then basically everything else is going to majorly benefit from it. Now, I'll, I'll level with you. Storyteller to player, player to player. You're going to benefit from reading all of the clan material. You're going to benefit from having a complete understanding as a player so that you can portray what you're trying to portray properly. So you know when you're intentionally going off the rails or when you're trying to align yourselves with the stereotypes of the clan.
1: Here's the thing. If you just grab that base book and you decide to run some test games, three to five friends, you're going to have fun. There's no right or wrong way. Yeah. Have fun. And I actually, I stress this everyone has a job and a busy schedule and whatnot Good. but as you have free time read that book and as the meme strikes you have that game night right and when you do don't hold yourself to every rule and nuance and yeah. i heard in a podcast this and that go you know what tonight i'm feeling bruja we're gonna do some bruja things right exactly. we're gonna get this going that is gonna you're you're how you feel running a game is what your players are gonna get from it and they'll feed from right
0: it. It, to me it's the same concept as like if you decided you were gonna be a writer for comic books right Like, someone came up with, like, the noir, Spider-Man noir concept, right? But it still has the elements of Spider-Man, right? And that's really what you're trying to do. If you sit down with your friends and you go, hey, we're going to run a Vampire the Masquerade game, but it's going to be, like, kind of a weird twist, cool, that's your people, right? Your people are like, yeah, that sounds fun, do it. There's no right or wrong answer. And also, trying to live up to 100 books of game mechanics and plot and meta plot like who's going to be able to keep that in their head tell your story within the world just you know make sure spider-man's there make sure it's peter parker make sure he shoots webs make sure he can stick the walls For that's sure. it you know outside of that the the world's your oyster and it's your hobby you know the more you want to get into the hobby the more you're going to read naturally so and uh anyways not to run this podcast overly long uh, Torture Clan book, I think is good. Um, it's a it's a decent. I, I I feel like most of the revised clan books are pretty solid. That's my opinion on the matter. I do believe they replace the first
1: Inceptions of them. I also believe that the first Inceptions exist to let you know of common misconceptions about the clans, and then the revised serve is what really is yep. what the clan is about.
0: I would say my opinion as a longtime player and longtime storyteller is, if I were starting today. I would not go out and buy the first edition books. I don't think that they're necessary. They're cool looking. They're awesome to have in a collection, but they are not imperative for your understanding of the game. Um, I do believe that at this point in the line of White Wolf material for Vampire the Masquerade, the revised clan books are important, as would be like the lore of the clans. To me, lore of the clans is just like a little addition on top of these books. And so I think that these are definitely important.
1: And to be honest, I don't. I'll say this now: I have miscon—I have misgivings about the V twenty, Lord of the Clans, and Lord of the Bloodlines uh, updates because there's certain directions they went that, okay, they're updated, <laughs> right? That I got to deal with. That I will let you know I wouldn't do in my game. So, right, but and that's fair. But they—they they do work. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying not the direction I want to win. Get that yep. distinction. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm—I'm I'm eager to see what comes out next. Um, you know, for V five. Um, but at this point in time I will say, in my opinion, this is the definitive clan book for the Torador. You got it. If you need the in depth information, then certainly get this. Is it like I gotta have it? Yeah. No. I mean I'd probably get it before I got Ravnos, but that's just me.
1: And the V twenty update of it is really good too. Yeah. So I mean, like I said, I, I love the V twenty stuff, just I have opinions. So
0: <laughs> all righty. So uh to wrap that hullabaloo up, thank you for listening. Um, we will be back again next week. We're gonna we're gonna take a look at the revised edition Clan Tremere book. Next week, Clan Tremere Revised Edition, we're gonna give you the full the full Monty. I don't know. I don't know where we're going with this. We, anyway, actually,
1: we actually have to get in depth with Clan Tremere because there is a significant difference. Yeah, so Clan
0: Tremere next week. We're gonna get real detailed for all you detail oriented type folks who like that thaumaturgy and that magic. And, uh, like that, dear home. We'll talk to you guys next week, and also in, a, in another podcast later today.
1: Uh, I'm Nathan, and I'm Pop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love. Love.